I did not expect that to be your response. Three, two, one. Yeah, it's Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Film Find, the Film Find, <laughs> the greatest Le, movie podcast ever. Assuming you've never listened to a movie podcast before, I'm your host Adam Portress, and we're back on time this week. Can you believe oh, yeah. it, Matt? Well, you know, we've only really been not on time like last week. I mean, by a little bit. I mean, not even by a ton, but by but, just but a ton. But we're really on time this week. We are like on, so on time, we're recording this super early compared to what we normally do. Yeah, it'll uh, be out first thing boom. when you guys wake up on Tuesday right and be on ready time. to roll out. So good morning, bitches. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, man, we have had, a, had a good weekend there, Adam? Yeah, I mean, it uh, it went by fairly quick and everything. Uh-huh. I tell you, um, doing this show, yeah. I watch more fucking movies than I have any right to. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Um, That's what's fun about it. It's funny because I, I like in the past two weeks, this is just give you guys an idea of how hard we work for this show that not enough of you listen to. Um, in the last two weeks, tell your friends, tell your friends for the love of Pete. So for real, th- tell th- your friends, th- we're likable. Okay, guys, I think <laughs> I don't even say fuck as much as I used to. I, I, I do enough, but I got to I got to curtail it on the other show. So, you know, no, I, I make hey, up for it. And I'm saying how about it? If. <laughs> If you need the salty and the sweet, I'm more willing to be the sweet on this one. Hey, girl. And, <laughs> hey, girl. <laughs> you ready I'll be your Ryan Gosling. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so in the past two weeks, I have seen eight new releases. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's a lot. <laughs> That's a ton. Uh, so, And we're going to be talking about a lot of those movies today. So we have three new release reviews for you, but that's not going to say that I don't have another new release review. And I'm sure that Matt has some other things as well. Uh, so let's start with you, sir. What have you uh, watched as of recent? Okay. Well, uh, the one thing that I want to kind of uh, deal with is not a new release, really. Um, it, it actually got a very limited release here in the U.S. back in June. Uh, I think June 26th is when it came out. Um, but it is uh, this Norwegian film called Big Game. Um, and I, I had the good fortune to see it this week. Uh, you can uh, rent it now on Amazon Instant for uh, $6.99, I think. It's one of the, the lower uh, rental fees on that service. Um, 
it's from the same guy, the same filmmaker who back uh, back in like 2010, 2011, he made this movie called Rare Exports, mm-hmm. A Christmas Tale, which was uh, kind of like a horror fantasy take on Santa Claus, um, where, yep. you know, like elves were evil and shit like that. I uh, wouldn't know because I only half got <laughs> to see the damn thing. We saw it here. We had it. We came to Charlotte one night only in the back alley film series. Right in the middle of this damn thing, all of a sudden the little projector pops up that shows you the ads and shit before the show. And this thing's just going, and it is up there, and the amount of time that it took someone to turn it off was egregious. Everything was lost. By the time that the movie, I just, I, I cannot tell you what that movie's about because I, I just stopped caring so hard and sat with so much anger. It's never happened since, thank God. But boy, oh boy, was that a... <laughs> Oh man, I was mad. Well, I'm I'm sad you missed it. Uh, I I actually really like Rare Exports, but uh, so this movie, I hear it's good. <laughs> yeah, it's good. It's I it has been. Uh, it goes on and off uh, contractually on Netflix. Uh, so check it out on Netflix whenever it's up next. Um, but Big Game. Uh, so it's the same director, uh, Jalmari uh, Hellander, and it's the same young star. Uh, Oni Tomila. Uh, in this film, though, they add a well-known international star Gerard to the mix. Sam L. Jackson. Really? Samuel L. Jackson plays the president of the United States in this movie. That's awesome. And and it's not one of those roles where it's like a like an international co-production where you know some big name plays the president, but he just has like three scenes and he sits behind the desk in the White House. <laughs> No, he is the co-star of this movie. Really? Uh, wow. The basic plot uh, is that there's this young kid, his name's Oscar, this is the uh, Norwegian actor that, that was from the previous film, uh, who on his 13th birthday, as is uh, part of the ritual in his uh, outskirts, uh, out in the middle of nowhere in Norway, in his uh, township, his village or whatever, right? Uh, when you turn 13, you have to go out, you... you uh, have an overnight hunting trip by yourself. You have to come back with something that you've killed, uh-huh. right? Uh, as kind of a, a passage into manhood. Right. So he goes out, and during his hunting trip, uh, there is a terrorist attack <laughs> on the president's uh, Air Force One as it's flying over Norway, and Samuel Jackson, the president, is marooned in the middle of nowhere, and this kid has to save him. From the terrorists. Oh, that sounds awesome! It's really fun. It's uh, maybe not the best movie I've seen, but it was a it was a good throwback to just a straight up action adventure flick. Uh, it feels a little nineteen nineteen eighties ish, but I have to tell you, about halfway through, this kid uh, decides that he's going to take on this heroic role and save the president from these guys. And uh, there is a there is an amazing Michael Bay like. 360 helicopter shot of him standing up with his bow and arrow on top of this mountain <laughs> that is amazing uh it, it's a little bit of a comedy as well uh, obviously but it's a lot of fun so uh it comes out on blu-ray sometime in august i want to say august 25th or something like that um so when it does you know please check it out it's it's real fun it's on amazon now uh i'll probably pick up the blu-ray because i want to see it uh, like in, in, in full HD 
and uh, and experience it. It looks great too. Hmm. Um, but it's, it's so not only is is Sam Jackson in it, but like Victor Garber's in this thing. Uh, Ted Levine, uh, Felicity Huffman has has a, has a part. Jim Broadbent and uh, Ray Stevenson. Huh. So so quite quite a cast that was thrown together for this little uh, Norwegian action adventure flick. Um, so big game. Uh, go and see it. Uh, check it out. I highly recommend it. It was a lot of fun. Hmm. Cool. Uh, so that's pretty much what I've been watching. Uh, I, I was kind of the reason we were late last week is because I was traveling around um, with my cousin uh, visiting from Germany, and I really just haven't had time to watch anything uh, other than the new releases this weekend. I've uh, been kind of doing a lot of writing on this new project. So I'm trying to knock that out. Uh, so I had, I, you know, I watched scream again and I watched true detective again. So if you want to hear me talk about that, <laughs> I think I'll say the same things. Like it's good. I'm going to stick with it. Uh, that's it. You heard me talk about it. So, uh, yeah, Adam, what you been watching? Right I now? have, well, I, I, I'm continuing to, uh, when I'm not out watching yet another new release film, uh, I'm mainlining Seinfeld still, Mm-hmm. Um, still is, you know, it is what it is. And I, I, you know, always been a fan since I was a kid, watched it all during its release and everything. And uh, I was a gigantic fan growing up. Uh, I practically know every episode by heart. <laughs> I could still repeat lines just years later of stuff coming up and even the timing of things. So it's kind of a weird thing, but, uh, thoroughly enjoy it. Uh, but the only other thing that we, uh, that I got to see that, uh, that you didn't get a chance to just yet. And which I would suggest many people get out to see, uh, is a movie, uh, that's a new release called I'll see you in my dreams. This is the movie with, uh, Blythe Danner, right? Yeah. So it's got Blythe Danner, Martin Starr, June Squibb, Rhea Perlman, Mary Kay places in it, uh, and, uh, Sam Elliott. And uh, this, um, so here, here's the IMDb plot line for a widow and a former songstress discovers that life can begin anew at any age. And that's like the most simple way of doing it. So Martin Sargent, Martin Sargent, that's, a, that's another Martin. That's a different, that's a very different Martin, but, but not somewhat the same. Um, so Martin Starr plays a, uh, like a, a pool cleaner that comes over to this lady's house who's kind of like sleeping, you know, on the outside and everything. He's like, hey, what's going Well, you know, it, well, we find out initially that her dog has died. And so her husband has been long gone. She's got friends and everything that stay in a retirement home and they're constantly going, Hey, why don't you just come on into the retirement home with us and, you know, have, you know, we're having a lot of fun over here. It's not all that bad. And she's like, no, I got to, she's keeping her independence. She's got a nice house and everything. But like, you know, her husband's been dead for about 20 years now. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, we find out initially that, you know, her dog dies and it is just like, first of all, uh, you know, to start a movie out in the first five minutes, the dog dies. Oh, it's over. Uh, <laughs> but it was. Um, and then so it's just her kind of trying to uh, figure out what uh, what's kind of going on in her life. Sam Elliott plays kind of the new, uh, you know, hot shot kind of guy as a, as, as a Sam Elliott would want to do <laughs> mm-hmm. walking around there. And he kind of catches her eye and everything. And uh, they they kind of form a relationship. But there's also kind of a weird relationship. Uh, that the two of uh, them with Martin, uh, so the Black Danner and um, Martin Starr have together. It's like it's a friendship, but it's also, I mean, it's it's not a romantic thing in any way, but it feels, but it's different mm-hmm. in, in a way because you know she's much older than he is and stuff. Uh, it's definitely Martin Starr's best performance ever, I would say. Uh, oh, he, wow. does, he does a great job in this. It's very underplayed. It's not like a lot of Martin Starr performances, I would say. 
Uh, it's a little bit understated, um, but it's it's this movie is great. Um, I, um, I I think a lot of people should see it. It'll also like not only do I think like you know kind of an older generation, you know, people that are you know fifty plus, uh, you know, even and even more well, way more so, uh, would enjoy this movie. I think a lot of younger people would do well to see something like this. To number one, think about what, you know, kind of older people have to go through, especially when, you know, a lot of their, you know, friends and family and stuff have have died and they've gotten onto that point in their life and what they do with their life and how their life, you know, continues at one particular, you know, stage in their life and where things go and how to kind of grasp on to the time that you have and uh and things like that. But um it's a very there's 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 some funny stuff in it. Uh, it it's heartbreaking and uh, just a beautiful beautiful film. And I absolutely 100 percent recommend everybody check this out. Awesome. Well, I'll I'll try to check it out. I know that it's been playing at the kind of the Regal Art House uh, here for a little while. That's so the thing. Maybe it was can... like that's why I watched it here because like it had been playing at, at the Manor for like a, several several weeks. I was just like mm-hmm. I'm just gonna see this because I mean it's got decent ratings on Rotten Tomatoes. I'll give it a shot because you're just you're you're slamming it down my throat. Watch this, watch this, watch this. So I went and watched it, and I'm a hundred percent glad that I did. Awesome. Well, I'll add it to my list. So that is about it. Uh, other than that, let me. Oh, uh, the, other than that, the only thing that I've really done is um, I did watch. Uh, um, I've been listening to the commentary when I go to sleep at night for the game, mm-hmm. and uh, still just uh, you know. A damn fine movie, if I do say so myself. Yeah, the game is uh, fantastic, sir. Okay, so is the commentary good? Yeah, I mean it's got it's got several people in it. Uh, you know, Fincher takes a good bit of it, but there's also you know some production designers and uh, set. Designers is that the one where he's things. listed as special guest on the credits? There's some Fincher movie where it's like and commentary with so and so and special guest, but it turns out it's just the director. No, 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 no. Well, I okay. don't. I don't. Well, at least I don't know the DVDs in the other room. I don't know, but it's Fair it's, it's the Criterion disc that came out. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. If if you mean if by guests you mean other members of the crew in an interview that they that he, they were not in the same room as Fincher, then yes, absolutely with guests. Hundred <laughs> percent with guests. He has his own thoughts, man. So you know, it's whatever. His own hot takes. Hot takes come from him. All right, so let's get to the first of three. That's right, kids. Count them. Three new release reviews for you this week. Here is the trailer for our first one. Here's the trailer for Mr. Holmes. Hopefully it doesn't play with an ad, but it's gonna. So let's talk about something else for five more seconds. Um, uh, okay. Well, uh, so this is not uh, Benedict Cumberbatch. There's a different Holmes. Here's the... That. Oh, God damn you pieces of shit. All right, here's... YouTube and... Here's the, here's the, yeah, here's the, yeah, it's YouTube's fault. <laughs> it's fucking YouTube. All right, here's a, here's a trailer for Mr. Holmes. His name is Mr. Sherlock Holmes. Was that him? My mother, she wonders if you have brought your famous hat. The deer stalker. I've never worn one. And a pipe? I prefer a cigar. Did you do the thing? <laughs> the cane shows the marks of a dog's teeth. The wood is from an island southwest of Madeira. That thing. That was an embellishment of Dr. Watson. If I ever write a story myself, it will be to correct the myriad misconceptions created by his imaginative license. Murder, Mr. Calmont. Murder. 
I decided to get it right before I die. You're not going to die. I had a great uncle who lived to be 102. What are the odds that you would know two men who would live that long? Well, I didn't actually know him. <laughs> We're about to start an investigation. If you need suspects, you know where to find me. A man comes to Baker Street, you say you've come about your wife. How could you tell? When you're a detective and a man comes to visit you, it's usually about his wife. My Anne has changed. Yesterday I followed her. It is highly poisonous. A drop will more than suffice. Planning an escape with the mystery man. What possible motive could you have had? I demand you produce her. Oswald, it is a wish to know if you are this man's wife. No. Voila! Now, Roger's been a help to you. He's always been clever. It's evidence. Now we must solve it. A convincing set of circumstances signaling your intention to murder your husband. That was the trailer for Mr. Holmes, our first new release review of this week. Here's the IMDb plotline. As we know, IMDb always 100% correct in everything they say and or do. An aged, retired Sherlock Holmes looks back at his life and grapples with an unsolved case involving a beautiful woman. This is uh, directed by Bill Condon, of course, uh, you know, starring uh, many, many illuminaries of the screen. You have Ian McKellen, Laura Linney, Milo Parker, uh, and a whole school of other folks. Ryuki Sonata. He's good. I didn't want to. I didn't want to butcher his name, so thank you for that. <laughs> I was just like, I could, but maybe not so much at all. Uh, so uh, written by Mitch Combs. So uh, this is a movie that uh, has gotten a lot of acclaim. And can we say this? Bill Condon has one of the weirdest careers ever, hasn't he? Uh, come on, you got Candyman, I mean, Farewell to the Flesh, yeah. <laughs> Kinsey, Dream Girls, and then some Twilight movies, and then this. Well, he also, you know, the one that I relate uh, Holmes to, though, is one of his earliest ones, uh, Gods and Monsters. Yeah, yeah. Right? Because that's also Ian McKellen. Uh, that one is about uh, James Whale at the end of his life, uh, the the British director, uh, James Whale, who, who in the United States worked for Universal making, uh, like, The Old Dark House and the Frankenstein and Bride of Frankenstein. Um, uh yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's a weird career, but whatever. Come on, that's a weird. I mean, I'm, I'm not, not nothing to take away, but it's it's an odd list of of directorial credits when you. Look I mean, at I it. think the odd one is is that he was tapped to do the Twilight films. Like the rest of it, I think would would be just fine, right? Because his his one before this is the Fifth Estate, the um, the movie with Benedict Cumberbatch about uh about uh. Fucking what's his name? WikiLeaks time. Uh, uh, Julian Assange, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so you know, it's a it's a weird career, but I think it's really just uh, the Twilight movies that make it weird. Dream Girls, I can see fitting in with uh, things like Kenzie and uh, Candyman, Candyman, maybe not so much. But <laughs> that's where that's see that's what the thing is is like how it kind of goes in weird spurts. That's I guess that's the weirdness of it. But um, but you know, Farewell to the Flesh is pretty awesome. Hey, it got <laughs> so it gonna... was good enough to get into a Wu Tang song. <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> um, yeah, he's got a strange career, I guess. Uh, I, I know that his next movie is uh, is Beauty and the Beast. 
which uh, I don't With, know about uh, Emma, that. Emma Watson, right? I mean, I like Emma Watson. Don't get me wrong, but I, I like Bill Condon. I, you know, I, I do too, but I just we'll don't know if that's a movie that's uh, been so. To, so here's a question I have for you. All right. Um, I think this is probably the first time we've seen a vulnerable, like actually human portrayal of Sherlock Holmes. What do you think? As is my recollection. Uh, so, yeah, in, in many of the uh, forms that I guess most people would uh-huh. probably be familiar with as of, as of most uh, recent. Uh, yeah, he is a very kind of cocksure, uh, just, you know, kind of, let's be frank, know-it-all. And, and for good reason, he does. Mm-hmm. Uh, but kind of uh, a prickly, if you will. And, and you do get that, Holmes, in this movie, but not to the extent uh, no, and that maybe and, people would expect. Yeah, and, and you have guys, and I'm not taking away nothing from the performance, mind you, but mm-hmm. you know, and you have like you know, Cumberbatch's uh, 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 Holmes in in Sherlock uh, really dials it up to eleven, uh, kind of the just, but you, you oh, kind of yeah. have to in in that particular case, I think. I, I mean, I, I'd like his portrayal. D- please don't get me wrong on that, but uh, you're right. This is uh, this is he's at a much much later stage in his life and everything. And I'll say this uh, right off the bat, Ian Holm, or Ian Holm, that's a <laughs> goddamn you, Bill Conn. Ian Holm plays an imaginary Ian, Holm is, Ian uh, McKellen ooh. As, as Mr. Holmes. They all got the same names. Uh, they're all <laughs> British, so whatever. So Ian uh, McKellen, hey. if he doesn't come and smack me with his uh, Gandalf stick or something. With Ian, his bowler hat. <laughs> with his bowler hat. Um, so Ian McKellen, first of all, Top notch in this thing. This guy looks like he's about to die any second. It looks like, why are we forcing this old man to do this movie? He is fantastic. Here's the thing, man. Uh, So we see him at two different ages in this film, right? Yeah. Uh, We we start out, he's 93 years old, uh, end of his life, off in seclusion. In some flashbacks, uh, which is kind of the main mystery portion of this film, Mm -hmm. uh, we see him in his late 60s. Right. Um, and Ian McKellen, like really like even he, he looks old in both because, uh, you know, a man in his late sixties and a man who's in his early nineties definitely still look old. Right. But it's um, enough but, of a small difference to where you can really in tell a change in, in posture, in elocution. It, right. Like it is a character transformation. And, it's and, really kind of remarkable. And great subtle makeup work, too. Oh, yeah. In, in a world great. where, like, old makeup really, I mean, now, granted, Ian McKellen's, in, uh, you know, in his 70s himself. Uh, so, you know, you don't have to, you know, embellish so, so much. But I think if you really did a, a true side-by-side comparison, I think we'd be astounded at how good the makeup is uh, in comparison to him in the, you know, kind of 20 oh, years yeah. prior. Well, you know, and, and, and I think being in his 70s allows that subtlety to, right, because it's in between those two ages. True. You don't it's, have that what that weird old Billy Crystal thing where he's like 88 years old and it just looks like fucking pancake makeup. Yeah, or, or the reverse where, like, uh, as we'll talk about later, you get uh, Michael Douglas CG'd up. First right? of all... That's that's good. That's good. I'm, that's the, I'm not saying it's that's bad. the best it's ever I'm, been. I'm saying it's it's you know completely different. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because the the subtlety is is there, and it's all the actor, right? Uh, and it's um and and the makeup team. I mean, uh, but it's and the CGI. I don't know. He's fucking good in this movie, man. I could like you know I've I've read kind of after I saw the movie, I read up on what people thought about this uh, thing. Mm-hmm. Apparently, people uh, think that it's a little slow think that the mysteries uh, don't really pay off. Um, 
but I was just so fascinated watching McKellen and particularly uh, his storyline with uh, the little kid, uh, Roger. Yeah. Um, I was so enthralled with that narrative that I just really didn't even care that like the mystery was just a, a kind of an afterthought, right? Absolutely. This movie, uh, which is, is kind of the point, I think. <laughs> yes, this movie is not a movie that you go in now. If you're going into this thinking like, "Oh, I'm going to get this," you know, Sherlockian sort of you know tale where we discover this big mystery and we all you know kind of learn something at the end of the day about what kind of happened, you're not really going to get that. And no. I don't think that that's what the movie's narrative is trying to accomplish either. No. Uh, but you know, uh, so the main narrative thread is is uh, is Sherlock now in his nineties, um, living with this family in seclusion because of this awful case, the awful end of a case thirty years prior that just caused him to retire, mm -hmm. right? And now that he's older, he can't remember those facts of that case, but his memory keeps nagging at him, and he and he needs to unlock those memories to to write down a correct record of the case. Right. And and we, we, we kind of failed to mention, so like so this is like a, a truthful, if if you will, yes. a truthful representation of the man who was, you know, Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, and the stories that were written by John Watson. Right. And so, and of course, you know, John Watson had, you know, his dramatic flares and his writing and everything and took, mm -hmm. you know, the actual events that happened in, quote unquote, real life and, you know, elevated them to, you know, storybook fashion. Right. And uh, so, but he always, so this is like, like his last kind of thing is in this, in this thing that he could not kind of figure out, if you will, uh, his, he wants to sit down and finally write a story that's from his perspective. He wants to sit down and like, you know, kind of put this out in his own words and make this be exactly what he wants it to be and not a, a Watson embellishment. Exactly. And so that's kind of his goal, right? And, and personally, I think for him, uh, personally, he just wants to remember this case because right. obviously it was important enough to him that he not make the same mistakes. Um, and, and really this movie becomes more about, uh, his reconciliation with his own life, right. As he gets ready to die, basically. Mm -hmm. Um, and I have to say the, the kid that plays, uh, Roger is fantastic. Oh, he's um, great. He he was also, by the way, for for those of you who listened a couple weeks ago, he was in the movie Robot Overlords. He was like one of the main kid characters in that movie. Huh. And so as soon as he popped up on screen, I was like, oh, it's that kid. Um, and he's apparently uh, going to have a big career because he's made like four movies. Two of them I've seen this week uh, <laughs> or within this month, I mean. And uh, And his next big movie is actually the Tim Burton adaptation of uh, Miss Peregrine's uh, Home for Children. Hmm. I can't remember what the full name of that is, but it's a very popular young Part adult Part 2 song. Electric Boogaloo. Y yeah. yeah. Um, which also stars Ava Green, which is like really why I'm <laughs> why I'm looking forward to that thing, not because Tim Burton's directing it. Uh, although I like Tim Burton, the last he, he doesn't really have the best record. Yeah, when's the last time late. you really look forward to a Tim Burton movie? It's been a while, hasn't it? Uh, no, you know, I really looked forward to something he did recently and then it, uh, also just wasn't good. Um, so anyway, but, uh, Milo Parker, keep your eyes on this guy. Uh, he's a, he's a little firecracker. Yeah. Man. I'm looking at this kid and, and like the, the thing I'm thinking the whole time is like, watch out for this kid. Cause he's, he's going to go somewhere. Cause if you're looking at this young age, I don't know how old, how old he is right now. Let me click on the old IMDb's. Uh, he can't be that old. Mm, well, 
it's all blown up and stuff, so I can't really. <laughs> well, you know, I got to so, so read it from afar. So going back to going back to Burton just briefly, the movie we were all looking forward to is Big Eyes, right? And then. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, yeah, we looked forward to that, and then it just took a big. Well, I mean, we maybe not a big turd, but it just it wasn't what we wanted. It, it was man. You can go back and listen to that episode. They're still up for free. We don't have an app like Marin, so. Uh, ah, yeah, you can't listen to it unless you pay something, you <laughs> sons of bitches. <laughs> Fuck yeah! That was a mm. terrible Mark Marin. <laughs> I think it's pretty good. I think uh, it's pretty good for a bad Mark Marin. You listening right? to it in my headphones? It sounds perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Got these quality monoprice headphones. Um, they're they're doing so, the job. <laughs> so anyway, uh, you know the performances are kind of what also what makes this movie. Uh, but but the cinematography is gorgeous as well. Uh, there's some great shots of the British countryside and the seaside, um, as well as um, like I don't know, man. Some of those shots of just old McKellen sitting there uh, are just like breathtaking. He just, uh, but man, oh man, he looks like he's just about to kill over any oh yeah, second. Right? And like, that's what's so good about it is you're just looking like, I honest to God, I felt like, why are we putting this actor through this? He's yeah. had enough. Leave him um, be. It's like, no, he's, he's just fucking acting his ass off. <laughs> oh yeah. It's, and, and there's not a bad actor in this whole thing. Laura Lenny's fucking, uh, perfect. Sonata's great. Um, I don't, I liked it a lot, man. I, I I dare say I loved it. Uh, it, I, was, it, it is slow, right? Yeah. Uh, but it's it's kind of it's almost a two hour film, almost not quite. Um, it's a little slow, but it's slow in what I would consider a good way. I wasn't bored by it. I was just able to really get into kind of the story that it was telling and get to know the characters, and I like that, especially with the other iterations of homes that have, uh, you know, been out in popular culture, uh, recently. Right. So the, so the high end sociopathic, uh, self-centered Sherlock version with Cumberbatch, as well as the Downey Jr. Version from Guy Ritchie, which I also like, but they're completely different. Right. And oh, here no. it's just, here's this old guy who, who was Sherlock Holmes, but now is not anymore. Um, and uh, I, I liked it a lot. Bill Condon's uh, a, a really great director. Uh, I can't speak for his work on the Twilight movies because I never saw them. What? <laughs> oh wait, I didn't either. I mean, you know, there was part of me that wanted to see the second, uh, t- the second part of the last Twilight movie, uh, just because there's like this birth scene. I guess with a vampire baby about some ba- vampire baby. Which, I heard something about that, which, uh, you know, I'll watch that for the five minutes. It's on screen. I'm sure it's fucking weird. I hear the baby's more animated than the one in, uh, than, than fucking American sniper. Uh, <laughs> they could have an actual baby corpse and it would be more in, <laughs> in America. I just got to get my daughter. Uh, oh god um yeah i i give it anyway. i give it a recommendation i'm not super su- i wasn't bowled over by it i did enjoy it i think it's uh a netflix on a saturday i want yeah well you know i will say this if i think if you want to see a movie that uh you know that is not lord of the rings uh or x-men or whatever else you might know ian mckellen from and it's not apt pupil <laughs> and you want to see like what what this guy is like at uh, the the top of his game. This is the movie to see. I think he's fucking amazing in it. Um, 
And and I, I say apt pupil because that's a very good earlier McKellen performance where he also plays really old guy. <laughs> so, I have a tendency to play very old. That's John Reese davies uh, <laughs> Yeah, I think John Reese davies has been playing old since he was 25. Yeah, that's, right? that's probably about uh, right. He's, he's been cast as like the old British scholar since he was 25 years old and <laughs> everything. Kind of like uh, Robbie Coltrane's always been been cast as an old guy you ever noticed right. that no, like no. when when he was actually in his uh like like 20s and 30s uh i think was when he was playing cracker on british tv correct me if i'm wrong out there uh anybody who's who's listening in england um but uh but i think robbie coltrane was like cracker is not a young character yeah. I mean, he's not an old character, but he was definitely playing an older character then. And that was kind of Robbie Coltrane's not oldest role. <laughs> uh, so anyway. All old right. Guys, so that's man. that. Got old people. All right. So uh, that's uh, review number one. Let's head on to review number two. Here is the trailer for our second new release review of the week. Train wreck. Girls, your mother and I are getting divorced. Monogamy isn't realistic. Monogamy isn't realistic. Again. Monogamy isn't realistic. I didn't understand that word at the time. But now, I know exactly what he was talking about. Saturday, I would love it if you were my date. I can't do that because, like, you and I won't ever see each other again. I wake up late every morning, money just calling, I'm still with you. Good morning. Oh, Amy. What happened? Did church let out early? Uh-huh. Ooh, I like Tom's sweater. Does he teach computer in a church basement? Don't get all threatened just because you don't understand the concept of marriage. You dress him like that so nobody else wants to have sex with him? That's cool. Hey! I'm just a modern chick who does what she wants. Last week, it was this guy. Is that one in the box? Hey, Mark Wahlberg, shut up. Mark Wahlberg? Mark Wahlberg's like 150 pounds. I look like Mark Wahlberg ate Mark Wahlberg. Before you judge, you should know I'm doing fine. My friends are awesome, my apartment's sick, and I have a great job at a men's magazine. I like you, Amy. You're clever, but you're not too brainy. You're pretty-ish, and you're not gorgeous. You're approachable. Thank you. Yeah. I'm giving you an assignment. I need a profile on a sports doctor. So you're doing the article on me? Mm-hmm. Sorry to interrupt. We watching Downton Abbey later? LeBron, I'm being interviewed. Listen, I'm watching it tonight because I'm not going to go to practice and all the guys are talking about it and I'm left out. Tall. You follow sports? Sports. I love them. Who's your favorite team? The Orlando Blooms. Do you want to get a drink? Yeah. What am I doing? I slept at the doctor's place last night. My boy got intimate. Yes. Sexual intercourse. Oh! You never spend the night. What were you, blackout drunk? No, I had like two drinks. Three, max. Four, now that I'm tallying. Because you're on antibiotics or something? Oh my God, he's calling me. Why would he call? You guys just had sex. This is Amy. I think you butt-dialed me. No, I dialed you with my fingers. What'd she say? What'd she say? He called me on purpose. Hang up. He's obviously like sick or something. I was calling to say I had a really good time last night. I was wondering if you wanted to um, hang out again. I'm going to call the police. All right, that was a trailer for Trainwreck, our second new release review of this week. 
Here is the IMDb plot line. Having thought that monogamy was never possible, a commitment-phobic career woman may have to face her fears when she meets a good guy. This is directed by Judd Apatow, starring Amy Schumer, uh, written by Amy Schumer, uh, starring her, Bill Hader, Brie Larson, LeBron James, huh? Hmm? who was waiting for the uh-huh. LeBron James to come up in this bitch? Uh, John Cena. John Cena, Colin Quinn. Uh, there's there's a lot of folks in here. David Tell. Tilda Swinton. Tilda Swinton, who we'll talk about. Um, so let me, uh, I got to start off this. I got to start off this uh, review. Is it, is it going to be the way you ended last? <laughs> um, well, I have to preface, I have to preface a little bit for those who may not have heard. Okay. Um, so I am not an Amy Schumer fan. I don't find her stand up very funny. I don't find her very funny. Um, you know, right. and you can say whatever you want, and 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 I'm not going to lie to you. You're going to hear some things right now that are probably going to sound bad, and they're going to sound, but whatever. We're we're do, I'm doing them. I don't care. Um, I and I I don't. You know, you can't say this about a woman in today's society. I don't find her attractive at all. Uh, so, but here's the thing. Um, so she's she's always kind of played and 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 is sewn up in this thing for the most part. As like this, you know, this hot chick who everybody is just blah, 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 blah. And nobody can get enough of her. I just, I, I've never found her funny. I was cringing having to go in this. And it's not because, you know, I, I don't find women funny. There are a lot of fantastic women comedian. I, you know, am a big fan of them. Uh, one of them who I thought would have played a better role in this is actually in this fucking movie. I was just like, hmm, I wonder if, and oh, look, she's in it. Um, <laughs> also, just a few weeks back, we were, we were uh, both of us talking about how fucking funny uh, oh fuck, Melissa McCarthy is. Yeah, we're we're in spy, we're right? Big fans of Melissa McCarthy, so, and so so, this, so so don't Adam's fucking. Adam's not coming from a bad place. So don't. He's coming from a personal opinion place yes. regarding regarding whether or not he likes someone's stand. Yes, and but persona. It's so weird because in today's society, a lot of times you can't say anything bad about somebody, especially if they're a lady. And then it's just like, oh, you hate all women comedians, like not even close. Not even close. Yeah, I just, just don't, don't like, like this Amy one. Schumer. That's fine. Uh, just had to get that out of here. That being said, uh-huh. um, I didn't like this movie, but I didn't hate it either. I did not expect that to be your response. I did not. <laughs> I expected you because uh, because this movie is such an Amy Schumer thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, in all facets, right? Like it plays around with the persona a little bit. Um, it plays around with a lot of her uh, common themes, even in the sketch show. Right. Um, I did not expect, I thought you were going to come in and be like, fuck this movie. Now, now granted, now I'm not, I'm going to tell you something. I did, I'm not saying don't, you like, yeah, don't get it wrong. I didn't I'm, like it, but but I'm saying I'm surprised that you didn't outright hate it. I, I, you know, if we're going, if we were, if we were a show that did letter grades, I wouldn't give it an F. Ah. So, um, but no, it was, and some of it is saved a little bit by kind of the surrounding performances and stuff. Uh-huh. We talked about Tilda Swinton. First of all, I didn't even recognize Tilda Swinton for like fifteen minutes. Oh yeah, I don't think I don't think a lot of people recognized her at all. So unrecognizable in this film to a lot of films that she's kind of played as of recent, which is fantastic. And I cannot wait to see her in Doctor Strange. So I'm ex- oh, yeah. excited for that a lot. Um, I mean, she has like like really long hair. She's got like a spray tan. The, yeah, the the tan and the like <laughs> right? and the makeup and everything. It's not, very non Tilda Swinton. This is not unrecognizable in the way that like Grand Budapest or Snowpiercer is unrecognizable. Yeah, it's unrecognizable because she goes so far hard feminine. 
for from uh, what she normally it's ha- crazy. Yeah, it's it's good. Uh, and she does great playing this this you know kind of smarmy boss that, of this like uh-huh. really shit magazine that's kind of oh, like yeah. a snuff, a, snuff <laughs> which, is, which is a great name. Like I would subscribe to Snuff even though it's a douchebaggy mail mag, <laughs> uh, just because that name is so good. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so Amy Schumer works at this magazine and everything, and she plays, you know, a, a writer of some sort, uh, you know, for a, for a place where everyone seems to hate their job, they really, I, I don't know. It seemed like they all loved and hated their jobs at the same time, which seems so weird. I think that's because that's what most people do. <laughs> mm. I, I just thought that was like right on an accurate portrayal because, uh, like I think most people hate and love their jobs. Perhaps if they're, if they're doing something that they already thought they would like anyway, right? Like not service industry, but you know, like she's a fucking writer at a magazine, right? Yeah, she has to uh, write horrible I, I things, think, but you know. But, but I think people that do that probably do hate and love their job. Yeah, at the same that. time. Yeah, well, I mean, I know writers that are like that and have you know they have to write shit about shit they don't care about. So uh-huh. I get all it. the time. Um. But yeah, I, I think this is okay. So she has to go after, and uh, you hear it in the trailer. And the trailer fucking lays it all out for you, like pretty flat. But, but it, it it's weird how much the trailer really sets up, like the like the first twenty minutes, right? Like like this is a, like the trailer is a first act trailer. Like the things that the that are that are projected are just that the movie explores some of that stuff a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um. But, it, like, the plot's there because it's a, like, rom-com. It's a Judd Apatow flick, so we kind of know what's going to happen anyway. Um, just from his own, uh, you know, status as a, as a producer auteur. Yeah. Um, even the movies he produces, right, have a certain feel to them storyline-wise. Uh, but I think there were there were plenty of surprises. Um, that, like, the trailer doesn't give a good chunk of, of the movie away as much as it is just I think we're familiar with with the deal on this sort of thing yeah and uh fair enough you know it's uh, whatever i enjoyed the the heck out of this movie i i actually really like amy schumer um i think she's i think she's funny and i like her sketch show uh so i was really looking forward to this um it was maybe a little underwhelming for my expectation but that's you know that's an expectation problem for me not a necessarily a bad thing yeah um I don't know. I, I enjoyed it. I thought the cameos were good. I enjoyed the hell out of uh, the, the John Cena and LeBron James scenes. John Cena, yes. LeBron, sweet Jesus, LeBron. God, God love him, he tries. He tries <laughs> he does, so hard. Oh, I didn't like it because he was, like, good. But I thought that some of the stuff that was set up with him was pretty clever. Um, just Just on a joke construction level, I thought some of it was pretty funny. I thought uh, and, and I thought John Cena, the, who like, I don't care for, down. was 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 genuinely funny in a lot of the things that he was. John Cena's stuff was great. Yeah, uh, I mean, John Cena, I feel like can act. Uh, <laughs> you know, um, he's like he's that, Olivier that compared scene. to LeBron. <laughs> but, but that I mean, that theater scene is funny as shit. Oh yeah, uh, that he's in, and then the sex scene that he has with Amy with Amy is funny as shit. I'll say uh, this though: had that theater thing happen with me, there would be dead people everywhere. <laughs> It would be a fucking Game of Thrones episode. There would just be bodies strewn about. And there would not be a sole survivor. Just uh, saying, watch out. <laughs> uh, well then, um, but you know it, it's 
I think it has a lot of the same problems that a lot of Judd Apatow movies have. Oh, you mean it should be edited, for Christ's sakes? God I almighty. Mean, this, one, this one, by far, I think, has the maybe the clippiest pace since 40-Year-Old Virgin. Uh, like, it moves along, this one, at least. Uh, but like most of his movies, there is a good 20 minutes that could be you trimmed could out. easily take 20 out of this, and it'd be just fine. And, and you know, some of them, like, say, funny people, could have 30 to 40 minutes trimmed out and be amazing. Um, he always runs long. This is on the shorter end for him. Um, but, it, but it still has, like, those pacing issues, right? Like, uh, I think he... More so than Schumer, right? Like, like I don't think this is a script problem because uh, Schumer in her sketch show, I think, shows uh, really good judgment. I mean, she knows what works for her and the people who are there to watch that stuff, mm-hmm. uh, right? Um, and I don't think she would have any problem throwing this thing out or that thing out. But I think this is definitely an Apatow issue uh, where – you know, he refuses to, you know, chop off his uh, foot to save the leg or whatever, right? Like, he just won't do it. Right. Um, and like I said, this one is probably better paced than most of his output, um, but it still has that same problem, right? Uh, structurally, it's kind of shambling, um, and it, and it has to do with that, like, holding things too long or just inserting a scene that maybe doesn't need to be there um, or not putting in scenes that do need to be there. Uh, yeah. I don't know. So, so, so it has the same Apatow problems that everybody knows yeah. already. Right. Um, I don't know. I, I, I'll say I enjoyed it though. Uh, I, I thought it was funny. There were some really clever uh, jokes and gags in it. I enjoyed the cameos. Um, David Tell's uh, ongoing cameo was uh, not the most pleasing thing because I don't think they did enough with it, but it was still funny. Yeah, and and I'm um, a fan of his, and it's just like it almost wished like you could have done a little bit more. It feels like it was all shot in a day, and they were just like, yeah. all right, we're done. Uh-huh. Yeah, oh, yeah, we need some exteriors of her going in and out of this apartment, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> hey, a let's, friend of mine is a comic will come standing. over here, and he'll, you know, we'll dress him in a little shabbier clothes than what he normally wears, put him aside in his hand, he's good to go. <laughs> we'll throw some dirt on his face, and he can wear his regular outfit. You're a bum. Um, and, uh, you know, but it was overall, I, th- I think, a, a decent effort. Uh, it's, I think, one of Apatow's stronger films. Uh, just on a jokes per minute basis. Um, I don't know. I enjoyed it. I think Schumer was fine. I I am extremely surprised that you didn't outright hate it. That's that's kind of how I fall. No, and, and I think a lot of the surrounding characters also kind of help for that. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I'm a, I'm a big fan of Bill Hader, uh, even oh, though he's, he's not. Yeah, and he's not the regular Bill Hader that you would probably know in most things. Well, he's so it's a little uh, more range there. You know, he well, he felt to me a little bit like he was um, doing a little more, um, like his uh, like skeleton twins kind of toned down. Yeah, uh, take on things, right? So, yeah, I see that. Uh, he was, yeah, he was just doing low key Bill Hader, but yeah, good, um, still good, but, but dramatic, right? He was not the over the top guy. Yeah, um, this I'll just say this, and, and 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 I'm sure part of it's because I went in with such a low expectation 
that I guess it I had to do nothing but come up from the bottom. <laughs> uh, but no, I did. I didn't absolutely hate this with all means. I did not like it by any stretch of the imagination. I will say this: if you're an Amy Schumer fan, which there, as you would imagine, many of those in the crowd, uh, they dug it. They ate it up. And if you are a fan of hers, absolutely, this is a movie for you. But if you are on my team, uh, team, I don't really care for her. You may, you won't absolutely hate it. I don't think. I I didn't deplore it, but I did. I certainly didn't like it. I think. I think if you are a strong Apatow fan, you'll be fine. Yeah, there's a there's. I mean, as as Even much as it is hers, Apatow. there is there is. It's very Apatow esque too. So. Mm-hmm. There's no yeah, doubt I mean, about that. Uh, he has a definite sensibility that I think marries well with hers. Uh, as much, you know, uh, kind of. That. If if you think of uh, like Apatow of uh, the good parts of Funny People and the really good parts of This Is Forty with Amy Schumer, I think they kind of match up pretty evenly as to what they're doing and what they're interested in mm-hmm. uh, in a complimentary way. So, uh, interestingly though, uh, this movie, I think made more over the weekend, over opening weekend than like bridesmaids did. Really? Uh, I think so. Um, I'll have to verify that, but, uh, but yeah, I think, I think it did. Um, which maybe puts it at, uh, the highest grossing female star. How dare you American public? That was a good movie. This one was fair at best. Well, I How think it's just, you? I think, you know, Bridesmaids was a surprise to people. That's true. Amy Schumer has a very successful TV show hmm. and, a, and a highly uh, public persona. Um, so, you know, Stop I'm not surprised America. that Stop it did really well this weekend. Yeah. I mean, you know, it was a slow weekend. It ended up in third place with uh, 30 million. So that's not bad. Yep. By any stretch. Beat by little yellow creatures. All right, let's... Uh, and and little red creatures. And little red and gray ones. All right, so uh, <laughs> let's uh, let's bring it out last. Uh, last one here. Here is the trailer for Ant-Man, our last new release review of this week. Start, you son of a bitch. There it is. Scott. I've been watching you for a while now. You're different. Now, don't let anyone tell you that you have nothing to offer. Second chances don't come around all that often. I suggest you take a really close look at it. This is your chance to earn that look in your daughter's eyes become the hero that she already thinks you are. It's not about saving our world. It's about saving theirs. Scott, I need you to be the Ant-Man.
right, that was a trailer for Ant-Man, our last new release review of this week. Here's the IMDb plotline, armed with a super suit with the astonishing ability to shrink in scale but increase in strength. Con man Scott Lang must embrace his inner hero and help his mentor, Dr. Hank Pym, plan and pull off a heist that will save the world. This is directed by Peyton Reed, written by Edgar Wright, Joe Cornish, uh, Adam McKay, and uh, and uh, uh, why am I bringing Paul Rudd? <laughs> <laughs> you know, the guy that stars in the thing. With uh, starring Paul Rudd, Michael Douglas, Evangeline Lilly, Corey Stoll, Bobby Carnavale, Judy Greer, uh, Michael Pena, and a whole slew of others. T.I., which we is great in this movie. Um, a whole bunch of people in cameos. So many, so many cameos. Really um, good ones. So... Uh, just as a pre-kind of requisite for everything, if you guys want to hear a long review of this, head on over to HearMoviePodcast.com, where we talk about this thing for darn near a full hour. So uh, go and do that. But let's start here. Matt, People know some people know what I think. What did you think of uh, Ant-Man? Uh, I liked it a lot, of course. Uh, I don't think it's a surprise to anyone at this point on <laughs> on our show that I enjoy the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um I think that Peyton Reed managed to make a good movie out of a bad situation um, that was funny, uh, kind of cleverly constructed, uh, and inventive in ways that maybe people don't even think it might have been. Um, so I enjoyed all of the cast. I enjoyed the story. It's maybe not the best Marvel movie. Yeah. I put it kind of mid tier, right? Somewhere around like uh I don't know, Iron Man three ish. It's good. Right? Yeah. But it's middle it's middle road Marvel. Like Thor Dark World good. Not Captain America Winter Soldier good. Okay, I can see that. Do you, do you, does that make sense? No, that makes sense. Uh so so I really enjoyed it. It's funny. Uh Michael Pena's fucking amazing in it. Michael Pena steals um, the show, man. Oh yeah. Well, and as he goddamn well should, I cannot believe that we have we are still in a world where Michael Pena has not had like a major breakthrough role. I wouldn't be shocked if after this we wouldn't because I think this is like now he's played a lot of like really great kind of side characters and a ton mm -hmm. of movies and stuff. But, you know, um, this, I, I this really certain, kind of puts him uh, in the in the forefront in a lot well, of I, ways. I was certain, like a few years back when he was in uh, End of Watch with Gyllenhaal, yeah, that that would be the one that that broke him, right? Um, and nope, it wasn't. He goes back to getting kind of these uh, really interesting. He's a great character actor, and he shows up in lots of unexpected uh, unexpected uh, places, right? Um, he was in, uh, he was maybe the only watchable thing in gangster squad. Uh, he was, uh, you know, the, the guy who played the Sheik in American hustle during the ab scam, uh, kind of, uh, thing that they great had going hilarious on. small role. <laughs> he was great in fury last year. Yeah. Um, and I know that he's, he's up, he's in, he's going to be in chips, the chips, uh, remake adaptation. Oh, is that right? Yes. As punch. Well, of course. Of course. Uh, so hopefully that movie is good, because if it's not, that might be it for uh, for Hispanic actors in the roles. That's it. Because, um, you know, Hollywood There's likes some... to give one choice, and then, or one chance, and then it's like 15 years before There's anybody else gets a There's some old guys shot. sitting behind the desk going, I told you these Mexicans can't open films. <laughs> like, dude, uh, seriously? Yeah. <laughs> um, 
It's, it's like that's so <laughs> fucked up, guy. It's, it's just like, yeah, but what did I tell you? Tank. Fucking Jack Warner's inbred <laughs> stepchildren's offspring or some shit. It's all um, guys that work at Frito Lay. You know that. <laughs> anyway, uh, so so I liked it a lot. I didn't love it. Uh, it's it is fun. Uh, yeah. I want to watch it again. I enjoyed the hell out of it. I thought it was funny. Uh, and Rudd's great. Rudd is fantastic. Uh, I think maybe the problem is kind of the same issues that some of the other Marvel films have had, right? The villain, not so amazing. Um, well, the, the villain uh, and his powers are not... I mean, Corey Stoll does what he does with oh, what he has right. really well. I'm not slamming the acting. I'm saying the villain, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, is Is not... Uh, interesting, right? Like Yellow Jacket, it's the Iron Man problem, yeah, right. It's the it's the Hulk problem, where in both of those movies, uh, it's the it's the converse of the hero, right? It's the same similar powers, uh, similar suit, uh, you know. It's just it's a it's the mirror ver- the dark mirror version, which which was kind of always the Marvel model in comics. But I think as we've seen from all of the origin films in the Marvel universe, that gets a little old quick. Yeah. Um, I don't know, but, but you know, it's, it was, it's a good movie. What do you think? Yeah. uh, I haven't listened to the podcast yet because I didn't want to spoil our conversation. So yeah, I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, you know, so uh, for those of you that don't know, this movie was kind of, uh, this was Edgar Wright's baby for a very, very long time. Very, very long time. One of the first Marvel cinematic universe, uh, movies that they had even talked about. Uh, It was greenlit, uh, right at the same time as the first Iron Man, actually. Yeah. So, I mean, quite a while. And so this had kind of been hanging out in limbo there for a good bit. And then, you know, he worked on it. We work on it a bit. Then he would kind of stop a little bit, kind of shoot a movie and then come back and do some other stuff. Mm-hmm. They got all the way down to, you know, they cast and everything. And they even shot some test footage for things. And they just kind of hit a brick wall with Marvel as some sort of creative differences. We uh, still yet to really know what those are. And I don't know that we ever will. But I, I suspect, okay, I suspect that Edgar Wright did not want to tie this film as much as they did into the broader universe. Right. I suspect that was the disagreement that Edgar Wright kind of wanted to make this small quirkier film, which this movie has traces of, uh, very strong traces of even, but, um, you know, I think it, it, by the time it got slated into the release schedule, Marvel was not going to allow that. And so Edgar Wright bailed. I, I, I'm, Fairly certain that's probably maybe. What I mean, but here's I mean, and here's the big thing though. I mean, like, or they pushed him out because he wasn't going to listen to what the broader editorial conceit was. And I, I think there's a, I think there is a bit of that going on because it's that's just, how Feige works. I'm not like nobody, right? That's the reason Favreau didn't make the third Iron Man film as the director. There's a reason that, although you know his deal with Marvel is fucking sweet. I don't know if you if you've paid attention to the credits on these things, but Favreau gets executive producer credit on all the Avengers he's stuff. Still there, baby. <laughs> um, but you know, like Branagh didn't stick around to make the second Thor film. Joe Wright didn't make the second Captain America flick. Well, was, that uh, was Joss a, Whedon that was a... is now out, right? Um, so I, you know, I I think that's just kind of Feige's thing. He like he likes to get people in to set things up, and then oh, you're not going to listen to what the what the broader universe wants uh, wants this film to be according to our editorial decisions. Well, we'll find somebody who 
who wants to but do that. But here's the thing. This was going to be the movie that either proved or disproved that that theory that they've been working on the entire time because this uh, was coming from a guy Edgar Wright who who uh, was a big giant you know has a large nerd following I would count right. ourselves amongst that group uh-huh. uh, and if you fuck this up this was this that's your ass dude I mean then then yep. you look into like oh look Marvel isn't doing everything perfectly you really should have given this to Edgar Wright and at the end of the day. Uh, it would have been slightly different, I'm sure, because there's you know no 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 doubt that you know just a different person behind the camera is going to oh, yeah. make sure that's different in one way or the other. But I don't know if Edgar Wright being behind it could have made it so much more better that it than than it turned out to be because it no, turned out to be a fine enough film. Been. I don't think it would have been. And I'm, from what I'm simply I've, talking about just the production. No, aspect. 100%. And from what I hear of Peyton Reed, you know, the majority of his stuff still is in there. Absolutely. I'm like the whole yeah. train fight sequence in the in the little girl's room at the end of this thing. That's all Edgar Wright. And mm-hmm. we talked about it in Hero Movie Podcast where, you know. Yeah, I think a lot of the I think a lot of the like uh, sh- the gags where they're where they're to scale. Yeah. Uh, right. I, I think that that's that that feels like Edgar Wright. And yeah. the thing that we that we pointed out that is the most Edgar Wright thing is the Michael Pena like flashbacks and the voices his voice going through you know the mouths of the people that are in that scene right there that feels so Edgar Wright that whole flashback thing and I think Matt just disconnected here so he cu- totally didn't hear that bit so I'll say it again. <laughs> Well, sorry, man. My fucking Skype disconnected. <laughs> That's okay. Like half a second. That's okay. I'll repeat it again, and everybody else can hear that the second time. <laughs> sorry, everybody. So, uh, but the the thing that we that we noticed that seemed the most Edgar Wright esque was Michael Pena flashbacks, where he's actually you know voiceovering, and everybody else's words are coming through his. Uh, oh you know, yeah. His his words are coming through their mouths. That felt so Edgar Wright. So straight up, yeah. No, and and also one of the more brilliant things in the movie, I think. Uh, like that's. <laughs> having Michael Pena's like fast ass delivery during those scenes where everybody just has to mouth the, it's with the um, elocution and the, and the, and the attack on it. And about things that hilarious. are just like that. You wouldn't think that this criminal would ever talk about how he goes to art shows and <laughs> right. wine tastings. Yeah. And he's sitting there like, but yeah, I don't really like the, or don't really like surrealism. I'm more of, <laughs> I'm more of a Cubist kind of guy. guy. There, was this one, <laughs> there was this one Rothko that I thought was pretty dope. They're like, get to the point. It's hilarious. It's it's really funny. So, um, you know, and, and they, of course, you know, and Joe Cornish and Edgar Wright do get top billing with this. And so the way that kind of credits work, and for uh, if anyone wants to learn how Hollywood writing works, um, writing for fun and prof, profit with fun and profit crossed out by uh, uh, Ben Grant and uh, Thomas Lennon. Uh, is a great book to read because you really do. I mean, it's funny by those guys as you would imagine it would to be, but they have Hollywood credits and stuff. So you learn about how a lot about how how Hollywood is uh, works for uh, screenwriters and stuff. Yeah, really shittily. Yeah, <laughs> is, is the point of that book, man? You know, but how uh, to make money at it too? That, but you got their names and the, uh, the name underneath. I think there's a thing that Tom Lennon says. It's either in there or in an interview, an interview about that book, where he's like. Oh yeah, we write screenplays all the time. I think uh, probably for every ten that we write, one gets sold, and then you know, one out of every ten of those gets actually made. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, but uh, yeah, this uh, it feels Edgar Wright ish. Right? Yeah, it feels uh, and, it feels like they his, kept a lot of the his, skeleton uh, in there. Collaborator Joe Cornish, right? Uh, you know, you can definitely see the structural elements that that Wright would have wanted in here. 
Um, and and I think some of the gags definitely stuck around, right? The scale stuff, I I, I agree with you guys that the Michael Pena jokes uh, seem like Edgar Wright jokes uh, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't I don't think it would have made a difference. You know, that might piss off some nerds, but I really don't think it would have made a difference if Edgar Wright had directed this thing. Maybe visually, a few things. Yeah. But um, by and large, I, I don't think it would have changed so much. No, and well, you know, I was. What was I read? I was reading something, and you know, some of the some of my favorite parts actually came from Peyton Reed's uh, and Adam McKay's rewrite. Mm-hmm. Um, things like going into the quantum realm, right? Uh, where, huh. where, yeah, that was all McKay, who's a big comic book nerd, saying like, well, you know, what if we went into the quantum stuff where that was all like, you know, Marvel's uh, trippiest acid flash kind of. Uh, elements to the to this universe right right uh and just had some of that in the movie Hmm. and then marvel okaying it and and that stuff's mckay and reed and i loved those things right like like at the end when he goes subatomic uh that's one of the best parts of the movie because it's it's just visually fucking weird it's an abstract movie at a certain point right yeah um and and uh you know that it's it's nice to be able to say like no, these guys not only took the movie over, uh, but they actually did contribute something that's really intriguing and interesting here. Uh, putting uh, putting a, a Wasp in the movie was apparently McKay and, and Reed, right? Like actually hmm. having her on film, uh, right, in the scene that, that uh, he talks about in flashback is all McKay and Reed. Get out of town, huh? Yeah, so so I think th- I think it had some benefits, right? So maybe some of the things ma- we might have lost with visual flair, right? Uh, I think we're kind of counterbalanced by some of the narrative elements they were actually going they that that were actually added yeah. by by McKay and Reed during their rewrite, um, and and I think that's okay. Um, I don't know. I liked that stuff. I, I liked actually getting like, oh yeah, there's wasps, and uh, they wanted to add the quantum realm too because uh, because they want to actually have in a, in either the second film if they get to do one or in one of the Avengers they want to have the original wasp show up with Michael Douglas, right? Because because they figured out right. So the end of this film, as a spoiler, uh, Ant Man goes subatomic, but he finds a way out of the quantum realm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, by opening up the possibility that people can come back from that, they want to explore the possibility of the original Wasp coming back in some form in a later film. And I think that sounds awesome. I like Wasp. I, I really can't wait for Evangeline Lilly to take on that costume. Yeah, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, so, so yeah, so that, that is it. So, uh, two pr- pretty good, uh, recommendations from us, but, uh, maybe you know. I liked it more than I thought it, it is probably as strong as Thor dark world, but some people use that as a pejorative and I actually really like Thor dark world, and but it, it, but it's not top tier, you know? Well, I think this is, I think this is a great origin story and for, mm-hmm. for, you know, a lot of comic book movies that, you know, in, in a lot of wise ways are shying away from origin stories. I think this completely works as one and, you know, cause we were talking on the other podcast because we get around the origin, right? Yeah. Like, like we get a heist movie that functions as an origin story by having, Oh yeah. There's this guy is Ant-Man is Hank Pym. He's already in existence. And now there's a new guy that has to learn how to use it. 
right? Yeah. It's not the same old thing. You don't go so far into the like, here I'm am testing the suit out, and here's yeah, how we get I'm to the thing. Creating and, and, and M particles, yeah. right? It's it's none of the research stuff or anything like that that you get in every single Spider Man flick or every single uh like incredible Hulk movie. Yeah. Um so it works. No, it's, 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 it's definitely well enough. And I think this will be one that people uh, will kind of go back to and I, I think will enjoy uh, more and more as they see it because it, it is, I think it's a nice, it's a good standalone film. Mm-hmm. I mentioned like, you know, things like Age of Ultron. You know, you're not going to, it doesn't, Age of Ultron's not necessarily something that, you know, kind of in the middle of nothing, you'll just go, let's put on some Age of Ultron. Right. But you, you'd, put on, you'd put on Ant-Man on a rainy Saturday, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's a fun movie. It's a fun movie. Uh, it's probably the closest thing in the Marvel universe that we have to Ant Man is Guardians. Yeah, totally right. And so I think if you like Guardians and maybe you're feeling a little trepidatious about going to see this pl- this movie, and Lord knows there's some room. It only made uh, just under sixty million domestically. Which this is about weekend. what they expected, more or less. It is what they expected, which was about what Thor: Dark World made, actually. Um, so for of of all the you know, I mean, one of the most you know kind of B level for up them seeing this movie. Yeah, this is going to be it's going to be strong for the next couple of weeks, I think. So I don't think you're really going to have a, you know, they'll by by the this weekend they'll be they'll be in the profitable range. So that's not going to be a problem. Right. All right. Uh so that is it for the show this week everybody. Next week summer is still here whether you like it or not. Yeah. And as and as we've got a lot of stuff that we probably won't like next week. Well, yeah, the next week is not like a week where you just go like, "Oh, goody, I can't wait for this stuff to come out because we're going to be reviewing Pixels." Ugh. Um, can't say I'm overly excited about that. No. But we'll watch it. We we do watch everything here. Well, you know, here's the thing. I'm not I'm not not interested in any of the movies. But uh, coming out next week, but unlike this week where I was really looking forward to seeing Trainwreck and I was really looking forward to seeing Ant-Man, Pixels and Paper Towns and Southpaw, which are the three big ones, uh, really do not have me, like, enthusiastically anticipating them. So I hope they're good. I want to watch them. (laughs) But but I'm not, you know, I'm not sitting here with bated breath like, oh, is it Friday yet? Is it Friday? Is it Friday? Come on, is it Friday? Uh, because honestly, uh, you know, that I don't know. It seems like a week summer weekend to me. Only six reviews, but, uh, Paper Town's fresh so far. 83%. There's six reviews, so don't you know, take I, that for I what you will. I hope it's good. I really do hope that everything next week is good. Nine but, I'm, but I'm just not sitting here fan. waiting on it. Uh, yeah, it's, it is what it is. And, uh, you know, I'm going to try to sneak in some other stuff and whatever. It's it's what we do here. We watch 8 uh-huh. billion things and we tell you about them and whether or not they're <laughs> any damn good or not. Uh, hey. So, hmm? No, that's you got it. something? Go we'll we'll, run. we'll right. end up. This what, can be after show. Where's your stuff? What do you got? Tell no, me the internet it. things. What do you, you got to have something. Uh-huh. Uh, you can find me regular places, guys. Uh, conspiracymediatheory.tumblr.com <laughs> at Matt underscore Boyd underscore Smith on uh, the tweets. Uh, follow me both places. Uh, Tumblr gets updated all the time. Uh, Twitter, I'm on and off of uh, at least until I'm through writing uh, my assignments over the next few weeks. But I'll be back in full force soon. So find me on there uh, and, you know, I'll follow you back if you tell me, hey, I, 
I followed you from the film find. Hey, Dick Wad. But tell me, tell me that. Because sometimes I don't, you know, I can't tell who's who on he, there. He doesn't know nothing about nothing. No. Also, do uh, find us on the iTunes and give us a review. Yeah, knock and that out. About and it. I know a couple of you are very guilty parties of not having done that for a while. You should feel a little bit guilty. Go on, <laughs> uh, you know, I love you. Thank you for listening to this show. You should feel a little guilty about not having left a review. It takes you two minutes. Just say five stars. Good stinks. I like me like, you know, that's all it needs. So go ahead do that. And of course, while you're at, while you're there at the iTunes, why don't you go over and subscribe to hear movie podcast to hear movie podcast.com. <laughs> so that's a good transition. Uh, this week, funky, but it was good. this week we, uh, do, um, Ant-Man as we did. So we have, so you can hear a full discussion here and hear, um, you know, uh, Bruce's better uptelling of things than I, than I do. So, uh, you know, I'm kind of a <laughs> so-so at doing things. Uh, so go listen to that. And, of course, next week we're going to be doing The Punisher over there from 1989. We've been sitting on that review for a long time. <laughs> There's so much crap's come up. Mm-hmm. Uh, so go ahead and do that and all these other things over here. So until then, for Matt Smith, I am Adam Portress. Take it easy, everybody.
see, whenever I hear these uh, the, the, these Billy Joel songs, I, I think of the, um, the 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 bitten step brothers with Horatio Sands. <laughs> They're yeah. just like they're like sing good Billy Joel music. This is the only error we do. <laughs> uh, That's a good song to play air drums in the car too, because it's too it's it's simple. But then there's a couple doom, 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 doom parts. It's not too bad. So you've yeah. seen this uh, you've seen this uh, Zena coming back to TV. Yeah, all about some Lucy Lawless kids. Yeah, that's just me. I I am definitely so. Somebody on uh, Facebook was like, they should get Kevin Sorbo to come back. I'm like, nope, Kevin Sorbo is a crazy, insane person now. Let's not have him come back at all. <laughs> I do not give a shit about Hercules. Xena was always a much better show. I think that's. I think that's. Uh, yeah, that's about right. Uh, uh, uh whoo. Yeah, but um, yeah, there was um. What was it? I I got to give um, I shit on a lot of movie theaters for doing stuff wrong, as you know. But I'll say this: uh, this weekend at Ant Man, uh-huh. AMC Twenty Two stepped the fuck up and and fixed something. Um, so we were listening to uh, we were actually it was even in the pre-show when they're showing all the like the whatever the fuck that's the screen whatever the fuck. Um, and you could hear it right behind where the center channel was. Just fucking constant. Amazing. And so the trailer started. I'm just like, nope, this is not an irregularity. I'm going to tell somebody. And so I told the guy, young guy, uh-huh. and uh, he went, looked at it, and was like, mm, no, this is, yeah, I, I hear what you're talking about. Which, first of all, was amazing. Because half the time they're just like, I don't even see what you're talking about. It's like the woofer is blown in the center channel, and it sounds like a 1940s phonograph. You fucking asshole. Uh, but so at least this kid recognized it. He radioed somebody, and they fiddled with it all through the trailers and stuff. It was like, it did not look like they were going to get rid of it. But by God, they got rid of it. And it didn't sound overly amazing, but was very, very acceptable. And I was just, I was floored. I, they have not stepped up and, in, in, you know, fucking fixed what they have fucked up in the past. And for that, I was just ever so grateful. I c- well, maybe, cannot um... believe it. I'd like to think my bitching over the over the months and months and months has changed. I don't know that that's true, but I'd like maybe to think they, it. Maybe one person listens yeah, well, to the show. There's at least two people. There's either that kid and whomever was up there fucking around with it. They help that those two people get fucking employee of the co employee of the month because they fucking stepped up and helped. God Almighty, it was going to drive me bonkers. And I just looked around, I'm like, everyone else hears this, right? I'm not fucking nuts. Okay, good. Let's get this fucking changed. And then I was at a point, it's like, because it was coming. You could feel the movie was coming on. I'm just like, they're not going to fix it. Just get it back to the best state that you can find it at, and I'll live with it. It is what it is. And, but nope, just in time they fix it. And I was just I can't fucking believe it. I was astounded. So, good on them. Well, awesome. So, very rare, but it happens. Uh, So... We can we can talk about this in the uh, in the after show just briefly right. um, as a, as bonus content for like the three people that are still listening. Uh, are you kidding? Everybody jammed to Billy Joel down the highway. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, but I mean now. Mm. Um, <laughs> and they like, they waited. Billy Joel was over, and they were like, "Oh, these assholes again!" Click. <laughs> <laughs> we just sat through an hour of this shit. <laughs> no, thank um, you. Uh, 
Batman Superman trailer? What'd you think? Um, I, I liked it. It got me more excited for the sh- uh, for the movie than I had been previously. Uh-huh. Um, if you can just resign yourself to the fact that hey, I'm watching uh, a DC movie and DC movies are going to be dark and brooding, and that is what it is. Um, I, I liked it well enough. Um, I I, I don't want to, you know, I'm not I'm not I, getting here, my britches in a bunch or nothing, but at the same time, the you know, I liked the the Batman stuff. Oh, the Batman lot. stuff was great. Yeah, I still think that they're going to ruin. Superman in this movie again in the same way they did last time. Uh, so I hope I'm wrong. You think he might be I, the heartless bastard and then like, you know, Batman is the, the, the guardian savior that we were all looking for. Cause, cause like, here's well, the I thing. Mean, look, that's, that is a dynamic that happens in the comics. Right. But, uh, no, I think that Zack Snyder just has no idea what to do with Superman, uh, at any point. And so I just don't trust him with Superman. I think that I think that Bruce Wayne and Batman look fucking awesome because Zack Snyder already made a movie with with Bruce Wayne and Batman, and it was called Watchmen, <laughs> and and it was it was the Owl or the Night Owl, right? right? Uh, so he already gets that character. There's not really a Superman in Watchmen. I mean, sort of, kind of, but, but, not, but not really, really. Yeah. not in the same way. Um. And I, I think that just Man of Steel shows like Zack Snyder really doesn't understand what's going on. Are you trying to tell me that Matthew Good is not an amazing Superman stand in? Uh I mean he's <laughs> he is. He's good, I would say. <laughs> I just like whenever I read the book, I I they're like, We cast this guy, I was like, that guy really? Okay. But uh you know, he's fine. Uh no, I'm not just dis- I'm the, not saying he's problem is even that character though is not really Superman. You're, well, this is right. Like, true. like it, it's a little too cynical, uh, just from the outset. I think. Um, yeah, I just think Man of Steel fucking blew it uh, for Zack Snyder getting what in the hell Superman's actually about. I hope I'm wrong. Uh, I I want to see more of Wonder Woman in yeah. some of these trailers at some fucking point, please. Um, um, so I, I don't. I don't give a shit about the Flash or Aquaman, though. I give zero shits yeah. about them. Um, and we didn't even talk about Ezra Miller, who is, is the like our Flash was in was in Trainwreck. Yeah, he was in Trainwreck. So, mm. um, yeah, we'll see. I mean, uh, somebody said I, it online, and I couldn't agree more. Um, and and I, I guess I tangentially thought it when I saw it, but like uh, bat, like Bruce Wayne out of costume, running into the smoke of all this, you know, essentially, you know what is clearly mirroring nine eleven smoke kind of thing running into that as everyone running out is the most Batman thing Batman's ever done on the big screen. Oh yeah. I think so too. Yeah. Uh, and, and honestly, I like, I hope that that is tied to the end of, of man of steel, right? Yeah. Like if, if that sequence that we see him running into these collapsing buildings, kind of, kind of area is somehow tied to the shit that happens mm-hmm. at the end of man of steel, then maybe there's some redemption even for that movie. I, f- I feel that's go- I I could be wrong, but I feel that's got to be it. Uh huh. I think I, I I think so too. There's no reason there would be another city being destroyed. Because I think but, I think they ate so much shit on what happened there that they have to do something. Yeah, and that's where the showdown comes, right? That's the conflict. Yeah. Oh, you destroyed the city, you motherfucker. Um, and then everybody's got the you know alien go home kind of thing, and mm-hmm. so I mean I, I 
I, I'm, I'm, I'm more hopeful now with this trailer than I have been in the past. And, and like I've always said to people and that some people just don't fucking realize I want nothing but this movie to be great. Yeah, I want I it just, to be awesome. You know, I, I have I not just, always I had just, the highest of hopes. <laughs> I just do not trust Zack Snyder to do a single goddamn thing. Uh, you got to judge okay. by track records. One more trailer and then we'll jet. All right. Suicide Squad. Um, I liked it more than I thought I would. I liked it until uh, we actually saw Jared Leto. Oh, okay. Expound. I, I, I still think... That not that design is awful, but now that I see it in in action, even in the small bit we did, mm-hmm. uh, I don't think it works. I don't think it works. I'll have to see it more in context, I guess. But uh, you know, the other stuff I like, right? Like Deadshot's pretty cool. Katana's pretty cool. Amanda I like Margot Robbie great. a whole lot. Uh, I I hope that uh, that Killer Croc ends up being as awesome as he kind of. You mean comes the Goomba off. from Super Mario Brothers? Hey, he looks fine. <laughs> he looks I okay. I, uh, I wish Croc was a huge guy, though. I really do. Well, yeah, I think I think that's it's the same weakness of Chickless in the Thing uniform, yeah. right? Like, like, like he looks fine and he looks like the Thing, but he's not big enough. Yeah. Um, and it's the same thing as fucking Apocalypse, man. Oh boy. Uh, like, yeah, yeah okay, he looks like Ivan Ooze and all that. The biggest thing Wait. is that he's not big. Yeah, you know, like I can deal with some license on the fucking suits. Yeah, but for because you don't want them looking like a fucking you know juggalo. No, um, but but uh, you know, and they've taken plenty of creative license with the X Men costumes. Plenty fine, right? Uh, and when they have, it's uh, haven't it's tended to suck a lot, like X Three, right? When Juggernaut shows up in his Juggernaut, right? Like all that shits. One, two, three, all ducks in a row. He is the juggernaut, bitch. Come on. He is. Uh, Honestly, best part of that movie. (laughs) Um, But uh, here's the thing. Um, They they fucking uh, have done all of the other costumes in X-Men Apocalypse, apparently, to comic book standard, except for fucking Apocalypse. Right. Yeah. Like, like, which I'll uh, say, I think the Psylocke thing should have been changed. I don't, I don't, I think it works well in the comic. I don't think it works well in real life. I think that should have been changed. I think that should be I a think it different. looks fine because they're going to do like Jubilee looks the fucking same, right? Like, like, well, I feel that, like yellow if you're going to go for it, go for it. It's the fucking 80s, right? So, whatever. Um, it can be a little crazy and kooky and weird, but, uh, you know, to not even have. To not even play with force perspective to yeah. make Apocalypse look big is uh, is fucking nightmarish. I, I, I will right? say that's the and biggest. Killer Croc uh, could have been shot the same exact fucking way. Yeah. Right. Uh, just use force perspective like they did in all of the fucking Lord of the Rings films or any movie ever where there was a huge fucking dude and it actually <laughs> looks like that dude is huge. Yeah. Where it's actually a dude and not CG, you could have just done that. But they didn't. How dare you? How dare you invoke a hundred years of cinematic history? And I, and I saw you liked my comment earlier on the on the hit fix article. Yeah, because uh, it's true, right? Like, there's so for those of you out there who are, who will end after this, but who who don't know, there's a there's an article on hit fix about like people were pissed off about the costume uh, for Quicksilver and X Men. Uh, uh, 
Days of Future Past, right? Yeah. Costumes still suck. Uh, costumes still fucking terrible. That scene being decent, uh, or, you know, or even one of the best things in that movie, does not make up for the fact that he still looks shit. He's got the horrible hair, the fucking Pink Floyd shirt, and the and the shitty jacket. Ugh. Yeah. It, it's still like, ugly. And, and so it's like, what is the fucking point here? Uh, fucking Drew, whatever his fucking name is. I, I don't even think that's who wrote it. He's the only fucking hit fix writer I know. That D-bag. I've already, I've had history with him too. <laughs> I've but, had uh, history with both, a lot of internet bloggers. But, uh, but you know what? Drew McWeeny. That's yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, that D-bag. I fought with him about Kevin Smith. <laughs> How he just like shat on him. But it's just like, because for quote unquote, wasting his time. What a cocksucker. Uh, but you can find all that on our back episodes. <laughs> But anyway, so there's this article, and that's basically the point is like, well, people hated – it still fucking sucks, man. Yeah. What is your fucking point? He still looks fucking terrible. You can say what you want for the character, but Aaron Taylor Johnson looked like Quicksilver. Yeah. So shut up. <laughs> uh, oh, well. Anyway, thanks for listening, everybody. I'm going to go and cook. Cut the what? Cut some cheese? Cut the grass? Cook, what was he cook, saying? Cook. Oh. Cook, cook, cook. Dinner. All right, well, well, good luck with that. <laughs> See you next week, everybody.